welcome on this Easter Sunday. No announcements this morning. We're going to jump straight into the scriptures and we're in John's account of the resurrection this morning in John chapter 20. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene comes early to the tomb while it was still dark and she sees the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she runs and comes to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and says to them, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and looking in, he sees the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. And so Simon Peter also comes following him and entered the tomb and he sees the linen wrappings lying there and the face cloth which had been on his head not lying with the linen wrappings but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had come first to the tomb then also entered and he saw and believed for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes, but Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb, and she sees two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they say to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She says to them, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and sees Jesus standing there and didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus says to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she says to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I'll take him away. Jesus says to her, Mary. She turned and says to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher, Jesus says to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene comes announcing to the disciples, I've seen the Lord, and he had said these things to her. You know, on that resurrection morning almost a couple thousand years ago, no one knew that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. The resurrection was not an idea that had entered anyone's mind. His enemies, think about this, three days after the crucifixion, they're rejoicing that the political opposition, the competition that they saw Jesus as, is gone, he's out of the way, this is a good thing. The disciples, those who loved him and followed him, they've buried Jesus on Friday, they've buried their hopes with them. They're trying to figure out what is life without Jesus going to be like. None of them, though, knew the resurrection was coming. It wasn't their idea any more than it was our idea, it was God's idea. The resurrection didn't depend on them knowing what God was up to or understanding His plan. In verse 9, John says, they didn't understand the scripture that He must rise again from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus didn't have anything to do with anyone else around Jesus. Didn't depend on anyone else knowing, believing, understanding at all. It was God's idea And it was based on God's power to accomplish God's will. That resurrection morning was a little bit like Christmas in Whoville. You remember when the Grinch tried to steal Christmas and he took all the Christmas goodies and the stuff 
And then lo and behold, Christmas shows up anyway. And resurrection morning, Easter morning, was kind of like that. It didn't matter what was taken. It didn't matter what expectations were, what dreams had died. Easter, resurrection occurred because it depended on no one but God himself and God's power. Uh, some of you here are old enough like me to have been in positions in the past or maybe right now too where you feel highly responsible. That is, you've got things you're responsible to carry out or take care of or do. And so you kind of feel like you've got a burden on your weight, Wally, you know. And if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. That's it. And you feel like there's so much you're responsible for that you can't afford to take time off. You can't afford vacation. You can't get sick because if you fall down for a little bit, the world will stop spinning because your work won't get done. And then, you know, typically what happens is you get sick or something interrupts that schedule and you can't do the things you thought you were responsible to do. And you know what, generally, if you stop momentarily at least and you think after that, you notice that the world kept spinning. And if that work needed to be done that you couldn't do, someone else did it or it wasn't important enough to get done and somehow life went on without you you know in the big perspective in the big scale of things you and i we're just little specks in the cosmos of god's universe of his creation and if we're under the weather or we let down the things we're supposed to do a little bit or whatever you know life keeps going on anyway in the sum of all things you and i as far as getting things done we we don't accomplish all that much we're not all that important in the long and the short of it I wasn't awake uh, early enough this morning to see the sun rise, but it rose anyway. And you know, when you were asleep last night, the stars were still glowing, and the planets and the stars were moving through their appointed paths in the heavens, and it had nothing to do with us believing in them, understanding them, exercising any responsibility or any power. And related to the resurrection, think of this. Somehow, when no one was looking, and no one thought it was going to happen, and no human could have predicted this, somehow, without anybody's help, without his disciples believing it was going to help, even though he told them, without anybody helping or understanding or whatever, Jesus Christ still rose from the grave. Didn't depend on anyone or anything else, because it was God's idea, and it was accomplished by God's power. You know, in the culture we live in, um, we entertain what's called relativism. And basically, the bottom line of it is something like this. If you believe in something, you give it power, you give it credibility, you create reality, as it were, by what you choose to believe. That is, someone may say to you, uh, do you believe this? And you say, well, no, I don't believe that's true. And they say, well, okay, but I believe it, so it's, it's true for me. It's true for me but it's not for true for you, and what's true for you isn't true for me, but it's true for you, and that's okay. And, you know, of course, this is ludicrous. It's ridiculous. If something's true, it's true whether you believe it or not. And if something's not true, your believing it's true doesn't make it true. You and I don't change reality with what we believe. What we believed or didn't believe about Jesus' death had no impact on the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead when people didn't believe it was going to happen. And our understanding, his disciples or his friends or his family, their understanding didn't raise him from the dead either. And our comprehension of God's plan, that had no effect on Jesus' 
rising from the dead. None whatsoever. Our grasp of reality and the truth, our meaning collectively now and theirs then, it made no difference whatsoever on the ultimate reality of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Some of you may be as old as me and maybe even older, and you might remember when I was a kid, there was a stage version of Peter Pan, and it starred Mary Martin, kind of a masculine-looking woman, playing a young boy. And you know, as the story of Peter Pan goes on, I still remember sitting in our TV room, and we're on the floor, and we're watching, and as Tinkerbell is poisoned, and as her little light is growing dim, do you remember that Peter looks the camera in the eye, kind of breaks character, and and Mary Martin looks in the camera and she's looking in the eyes of all those little kids around the country. And, and you remember what she says? She says, kids, if you believe in fairies, Tinkerbell can live. And if you believe hard enough and if you clap, you can save Tinkerbell. And so you know what we were doing? We were clapping. We believe, we believe. And we saved Tinkerbell. And you know... This was great theater, maybe, if you're seven. I don't know if it holds up today or not, but it's really lousy theology. <laughs> maybe good theater, lousy theology. No one was clapping for Jesus on resurrection morning. No one was clapping. No one was believing. No one was waiting for him to break out of the tomb. You know, Jewish leaders thought maybe someone would break in to steal his body, so there was a Roman guard there. But no one thought Jesus himself was making a jailbreak from the tomb, from the outside, or from the inside coming out. His friends didn't know, and his foes didn't know. They had no concept that resurrection was coming on that first Sunday morning. But God the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus the Son, they were divinely, through their power, accomplishing their good purpose. That's what that was about. Didn't depend on anybody else, anything else. It was God accomplishing his purpose. If you were Jesus' friend, your hopes had all been dashed, right? Because you think he's it. Matter of fact, in Luke 24, later on the same day, Jesus walks with those friends and he says, Hey, why so downcast? What's the problem? And they say, Well, gosh, Jesus of Nazareth, haven't you heard? We thought he was the one. And now we're just trying to figure out what to do with life. All our hopes we're pinned on Jesus, and he's dead. He's in the grave. God's plan, as they understood it, was wrecked. They thought Jesus, you remember, was going to come in on Palm Sunday. He was that king bringing in deliverance, and instead he's crucified as a thief and laid dead in a tomb. And that's their hopes, and that's their dreams, and that's their future. They don't know what to make of life without Jesus. You know, not too unlike them, and frankly, maybe even a lot easier with far less important things. You and I tend to look at life oftentimes as a series of disasters, accidents, disappointments, dreams gone south, dead, whatever. I mean, I know from family, friends, etc., you know, you think you have a grasp on life and where it's going and what your life's going to look like and what happens to it. It dies like Jesus and you're buried in a grave and you think somehow that God's out of control, that he's lost control. God somehow got out of his throne from heaven and, and life gets carried on and it's accident after accident. Somehow, where's God? He doesn't know, he doesn't care, or he just doesn't have the power to control life the way I thought he was. 
And think of it as if the omniscient God doesn't know or the omnipotent God lacks power or the loving God lacks care. Can't happen. But that's often the way we feel, just as no doubt they felt on that first Easter morning. Your dreams and my dreams, like theirs, they may not come true the way you want them to. And you may have expectations on life that aren't God's plan and aren't God's will. But you know, Resurrection Sunday is a great reminder of this. God has His plans. And His plans are going to be brought about whether you and I get them or not. Whether, like John said in verse 9, whether we understand them or not. The God who raised Jesus from the dead is the sovereign God over all creation, over time and history, over your life and mine. Job said none of his purposes could be thwarted. God says of himself in Isaiah, he says, I act and who can reverse it? The resurrection didn't depend on anyone else getting it or anyone else's help. And when your life looks like it's wrecked, I can still tell you with all the confidence in the world, God's plans for your life are not over. Your life hasn't suffered a shipwreck. The dreams you have may not be God's dreams. The plans you have for life may not be God's plans. But God's plans for your life are no more dead and buried in the ground to stay than Jesus was. God's plans for your life and mine are going to be accomplished. No less than Jesus was going to rise from the dead, whether anybody else got it or not. Both the Jews and the Gentiles in Jesus' day, they thought Jesus was dead and gone. And both groups, just like us, they represent all of us, of course, had rejected him. But God said, God's plan for Jesus was, in Paul's words in Romans 1, 3, and 4, concerning his son who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the spirit of holiness Jesus Christ our Lord. No one else got it, but God's plan was to declare His Son, Lord, and Christ through the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection was never in doubt. Didn't look like it. Others didn't understand it. But from God's perspective, the resurrection was never a question mark. It was a given. It was never in doubt. Our believing or our comprehension or our understanding had nothing to do with Jesus rising from the dead. God's plan, God's power, going to happen, period. But our comprehension and our faith and our belief does matter. And it matters in this way. Faith or our believing God and who Jesus is and what he's done, Faith or belief enables us to enjoy what Jesus accomplished through his death and resurrection. Paul said in Ephesians 2, it's through faith, believing by God's grace, that we're saved. Or if you remember in John 1, John said, hey, Jesus came to his own and he was rejected, but if you believe in him, he gives you the right to become the children of God. This is the whole tenor, of course, of John's gospel. So it's not in the, in the long run, it's not that faith or belief isn't important because for us personally, every one of us individually, it's ultimately important. Believing in Jesus and what he accomplished through his death, payment for our sin, resurrection, our justification, believing that gives us the ability to enjoy what he's provided. 
failure to believe it doesn't change the facts, doesn't change reality. Failing to come to grips with Jesus' reality, it doesn't change the fact that he rose from the dead. It doesn't change who he is. What it does change is our ability to enjoy the benefits of who he is and what he accomplished. When you and I believe in Christ, a good synonym for that is we entrust ourselves to his care. We trust Jesus with our life. When we entrust ourselves to Christ's care, we're entrusting ourselves to the good shepherd he talked about in John 10, the one who said he'd lay down his life for the sheep. When you trust Christ, that's the kind of person you're trusting your future with and your hopes with and your dreams with and your future with. If you haven't entrusted yourself into the care of Jesus Christ on Easter morning, I just ask you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? We talked in Sunday school about a neighbor who appeared to be in good health, not old enough to be considered a threat, who in a week just toppled over and died. I'm a former firefighter and I can tell you that I saw people the last day of their life more times than I care to count. They didn't know that was the last day of their life. When I met them, they were dying or they were dead and they didn't know that that day was their last. And if you haven't trusted Christ, what a great day Resurrection Sunday to do just that. To say, Jesus, your ultimate truth, you are reality. I entrust myself, the provision for my sins, my hopes for life in this lifetime and in eternity, I entrust myself to you. You can't do any better than that. To give yourself to Christ is simply to mean you've got life in this world. John 10, I've come to give them life. And it means you've got eternal life in His presence forever. Where the joy goes on forever, Psalm 16 says. Where there's the rivers of life, fountains of joy. We trade our sorrows for life and we entrust ourselves to the care of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, verses 17 and 18 John, who knew Jesus on earth in his humility, saw him in his resurrection, sees him again in heaven in the future, when his, his appearance is so glorious, John can't stand up. He just falls down. And this is what he says. Jesus says to John, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He placed his right hand on me and he said, Don't be afraid. I'm the first and I'm the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. When you trust Christ, you're trusting the one who's conquered life and death and has life to dispense. Don't be afraid, John. I was dead. I'm alive forevermore and I've got life to dispense today. If you have entrusted yourself to the care of Christ, Resurrection Sunday is just a great reminder that your life is in the hands of the one who counts. We've got life in the midst of this short span we've got on earth. And then we've got eternal life forever. And Resurrection Sunday, by the way, is also the reminder that if, if your life right now, it's not what you'd hoped or dreamed, it just means God's got a better plan. Remember, the resurrection wasn't the disciples' plan. It was God's plan. And oftentimes you and I go through life and we create our little plans that we ask God to bless and He doesn't. And we think, think somehow He's out of control. No, He's got a different plan. And if you see in your life today dis hopes that have turned to disappointment, dreams that have died that are in the tomb, in the grave as far as you're concerned, you know what? 
Resurrection Sunday is a great time to say, God, I give you those things that I thought were your plan. I give you those hopes and dreams that aren't going to come about, apparently, that are buried. I give those to you, and I thank you for whatever your divine counsel has decreed for my life, and I have all the, the confidence in the world that you're going to bring that to pass. Resurrection Sunday is a great time to remind yourself your future is secure and whatever hopes or dreams you've had for life that are dead and buried, God can resurrect. They might not look quite like you thought. Mary didn't recognize Jesus when he raised from the dead. Didn't know that was him, but it was. Your hopes and dreams may turn out to look not quite like what you thought. But God, the God of the resurrection, is the one who's God over your hopes and dreams too. And the resurrection is a reminder that God's not done. Death isn't the end. Resurrection is the end. Your future. If you've trusted Christ, your future is brighter, it's more sure than the sun rising tomorrow. Because it's held in the hands of the one to whom light and darkness are the same thing. No difference whatsoever. God's good work in your life and mine is as sure as the resurrection itself. God has appointed, He's decreed His good will. And it is no less in doubt in your life and mine than the resurrection was. Whether it was understood or comprehended or not, God was sovereignly moving to accomplish His purposes. And that's what He's still doing today in your life and mine. Let's pray. Father, we often think of Jesus hung, suspended on a cross, and it's a helpful image uh, reminding ourselves that he paid for our sins. He took the death to do us. Lord, sometimes we think of Jesus in the grave, buried, and it looked like all hopes were ended. But Lord, the image of Christ we see this morning is the one out of the tomb, or the one in Revelation 1, the one who said he's Lord of life, and death. Father, Jesus is alive today at your right hand in heaven, and I pray that the reality of his resurrection and the reality that he is Lord and Savior, he is King, Lord, he is Victor, that somehow the truth of that reminds us today, whatever's going on in life, that he is no less Lord and Savior in our life today than he was when he rose from the grave 2,000 years ago. Father, help us to have an exalted view of both you and your Son and to remember again that to trust you is the wisest thing we can do. And Lord, for those who don't yet know you, we, we ask you to overwhelm them with your awesome reality and with your goodness. Help them to trust in you today and to find resurrection life. In Jesus' name, amen.